0: So, think a bit about energy and faith, confidence is uh, fundamental openness, it's one of our basic resources as a human being, that uh, willingness, that openness to meet what arises, Feeling that if we meet what arises, we can uh, benefit from that or work through it or learn, you know, it's certain confidence. And so the nature of the mind is, has openness in it, nature of the mind is twofold, if you like, the awareness faculty, which is that sense of being receptive, and sankara, which is all the programs and activities and energies that the mind comes up with, but right there, in its uh, basic setup, the mind has a sense of receptivity and uh with faith in the mind. Um, so when you live with an upright mind, a virtuous mind, a mind that's whose intentions are clear, you have the benefit of having faith in your own mind. It, uh, and that that increases the more you're able to resist the push of the hindrances and the defilements. They still push, but you have the confidence that you can meet that, resist it, not follow it. And you can incline towards the good, even if it means going out of your way to do so. So, this way, the sense of the sila and the burrami develops confidence in the mind, it sort of becomes something that you can rely upon. It won't shrink. It won't shirk. It will be willing to go forth and put effort, even if it's uncomfortable. Mm. So over time, this is this is really important. This is like the, uh, you know, the the everyday stuff of how we use our minds, and it's often tedious and uh, no great breakthroughs, but just the continual ongoing training to resist the power of defilements, casualness, laziness, niggardliness, spitefulness, grabbing, coveting, manipulating, you know, these these things that take over, the sankharas, the activations that get corrupted, and then bringing forth the patient, the generosity in terms of effort, service, sharing looking out to help, bringing forth when something of mind doesn't want to, be bothered, bringing forth energy, bringing forth patience. Because it's an external benefit and also the internal benefit, the mind becomes strong. It's not uh, leaning on things all the time. It's self-reliant. You can respect that. This, This overall... Gives a tremendous is the foundation for meditation. Otherwise, as soon as some difficulty comes up in your meditation, the mind just quails and gives up. Don't want to make an effort. Don't want to have to be with things that are unpleasant. Want to have things happen quick. You know, this is weak. <laughs> you know, you've got to strength, strengthen it. Then you have confidence in it. The confidence will always take you back to that sense of openness. There's nothing really you feel you have to grab hold of and gain. You know, so you stay open, nothing you have to close down and resist. So you stay open. That openness itself is, is beautiful. It's what gives the freshness and the sharpness and the intelligence to our lives. Mindfulness, based on that, of course, mindfulness of the body is a fundamental workshop. You can always uh, go back to, rely upon, build up the strength of mindfulness, its ability to discern, to bear with, to sustain attention. And janya to be alert, to be aware of how things actually are in the body. That They're changing, they're not really some... Self, their phenomena. See, the sense of dispassion, coolness around that. Sati, samvajjana, mindfulness and full awareness. See the arising and passing of bodily experiences. This is your groundwork because uh, at this level, it's, uh, it's relatively manageable. Because then we have to meet the real struggle, is feeling, feeling, the more dynamic stuff. Feeling, mind, mental objects. So, if you develop mindfulness and strength, energy around the body, then you've got it there as a resource for when the feeling comes in, which it doesn't, comes in pretty quick. Feeling is pleasant or unpleasant, neutral. In terms of the body, it's mostly pleasant, pleasant and unpleasant. So, You know, lesson one in meditation, pain, physical pain. How we meet that and as you get your body gets more used to it, the body experiences perhaps less pain in meditation, your knees your legs softer and your back gets stronger, you hold yourself up. Yet pain will always come. It doesn't take long for it to start needling in. Mindfulness of feeling. This is where it's so important to have established that ability to bear, to sustain, to be open to. Because feeling is the thing that your mind will immediately contract around. Pleasant feeling contracts around it to hold on to it. Unpleasant feeling contracts around it to resist it. Immediately closes down. How to stay open? with pain and pleasure. So this is our first big test. So it's not about kind of resisting pain or fighting it, but how to stay open to it. Hmm. Because in this, this is what Sati Sampajanya is about. It means we knowing the sensations, the physical sen- pains as what they are. They're not there, they're not mine, the body's not mine, it's just feeling, doing what feeling's supposed to do, which is to feel. There's no particular motivation. It's not setting out to disturb your meditation, it's not coming here looking for somebody getting in your back. Not, you know, it's got no intentionality to it. It's just feeling doing what feeling does. So Sati Sampajanya, mindfulness and full awareness, you know a feeling for a feeling as it arises. Just like, and the more you can sustain that objectivity, it's like contemplating feelings as if you're watching creatures. Mm-hmm kind of worms or flyers or something coming in, moving around, going their own way, like strange creatures in this domain of the feeling domain. You know, bright ones and dark ones, hot ones and cool ones. So it particularly helps if you visualize them, the feeling, because the visual sense has no feeling to it. The feeling bases are in the body and in the mind. Those are the bases of feeling. So what you want to avoid doing is getting your mind, making that physical feeling into a mental feeling. So the mental feeling of uh, agitation, uh, irritation, frustration, So these mental feelings, unpleasant mental feelings, builds up particular mental states, depression, ill will, restlessness. So then the physical feeling become a mental feeling, the mental feelings become a mental state, mental state becomes a hindrance. So then what was one thing becomes a whole avalanche in which the mind caves in, caves in loses its uh, access to openness, just becomes a miserable place. So that's what you want to avoid, that's what will happen if you pick up the physical feeling, making a mental feeling, making a mental state. So you want to cut that process off. If you can't, you know, it's not as if you can feel that happy about physical feeling, but just keeping it, witnessing it in your mind's eye, Tracking, is it moving through the bones, the sinews? Is it in the muscle? Is it in your mind? Just locating the areas of the body that seem to experience the feeling. Just feeling, uh, being aware of the physicality of that. The meat, the other sensations around that physical pain. Widening your attention because the whole... Our process of getting caught is contracting. You get mesmerised into the feeling, it becomes the only thing that's happening. Then the mind has that same feeling, picks up the feeling, becomes oppressed, and then the whole avalanche begins. So if we keep our span of awareness quite wide, feeling the unpleasant feeling, and then what's around it is less unpleasant, then what's around it is perhaps not is neutral. So somewhere in your body there's always somewhere where it's not painful. Well, probably. (laughs) Like your ears or your eyebrows, little toe. Yeah. So the power of mindfulness is to be able to bear things in mind to sustain awareness, attention around. So you widen it to include phenomena that are not involved with the physical pain, and then it becomes less of a total story, less of an overwhelm, less of a conflict, less of a battle. We say, so, yeah, you know, okay, legs in pain, but right leg's okay, yeah, stomach's okay, throat's okay, face is okay, our hands are okay, so pretty good really, it's just this... Right legs, you know, left legs on fire. You kind of widen it. Then it doesn't get the mental sense, the emotional sense of despair and frustration. Keep it, keep the physical feeling where it is. Keep it fenced in. Just know it for what it is. For that, you have to be very upfront about it. No point shrinking away from it. feel it as fire, or as pressure. And then so the more you're conscious of it, the less your mind is active, generating uh, conscious effort, conscious perceptions, and it doesn't get captured and get caught into generating habitual, responsive, reactive impressions. The other asset that mindfulness bear brings with it, is a sense of calm and firmness, steadiness. I contemplate the stillness, the steadiness of the body. Let your mind pick up that energy, the stillness of the room. Pick up that energy, that that aromana, that mental object. Then slowly coming back into the breathing, the rhythmic flow, movement of breathing. Swelling, subsiding, swelling, subsiding. Pick up that, let your mind pick up that and... And training yourself in mindfulness breathing how to keep in touch with that rhythm and then gradually widen the focus so that that, that energy, that, that mental state or that physical somatic energy is able to flow through the whole body. So you, then you can massage the body with this breath energy. Breathe down your legs. Breathe across your chest. Breathe in your eyes. So for every breath you're just drawing energy in so the eyes releasing the tension there, opening up, relaxing. So that the, the tension quality that occurs with unpleasant feeling can keep being unraveled. So if the body's not tense, then again the feeling doesn't capture the entire body. It remains ring-fenced, it remains in its own place, it doesn't become the total thing. It becomes total when the rest of the body starts to tense up around it. That's what we mean by energy. Tension and release is the easiest way to contemplate energy. So tension is very negative. So if you can just keep breathing out and relaxing the tension, breathing out, breathing in, sustaining your position, your posture, you keep undermining this potential for the avalanche. And rather than let the mind um, conjure up negative or unhelpful mind states deliberately evoke positive mind states, useful mind states, such as one moment of, of uh, relinquishing tension, one moment of spreading kindness into the body, one moment of recognizing that all beings experience pain. All beings are vulnerable to it. So we start to take our own pain and measure it in terms of the pain of the world And it's not that much. It's just our share. So a sense of compassion widening, widening the reference. You know, when you consider the things that human beings have to experience and other creatures too, a little bit of pain in your legs and back is not so much. And any moment, of course, you can just, you know, shift, stand up, Relax, it's not a, you know, you find your own measure with that. So, so it doesn't become locked. You can move, shift, soften. So you're just finding a reasonable way to, to approach feeling without, essentially without letting it flow into unskillful mind states. pleasant feeling, probably in terms of the body, sitting still, There's any pleasant feeling is quite subtle, a sense of calm, a sense of balance, sense of vitality, and then you pick that up and work with that, pick it up, make use of it, breathe it through, breathe it through the whole, but it's quite an important sign to pick up. Because on the uh, sensory level, then this is not what bodies really like doing, sitting still. But uh, on the somatic level, which is the internal reference, or energy of the body, brightness, uprightness, balance, calm, these all have a pleasant quality to them. It's called niramisā pleasure not associated with uh, sense contact. It's pleasure internal, the pleasure of calm, the pleasure of openness, the pleasure of vitality. This is the pleasure the Buddha said he recommended us to cultivate and develop. It serves to sustain us, it's food, it serves to uh, give the mind a place to rest, and it... Does help to eventually you can pract- you can develop it to the point where it it washes out the the painful feeling, cleans it out, or overrides it. So this is a possibility in a way it, it seems uh, you know for an average person just unbelievable but yeah it can, it, it's something that we can do it comes so that your mind doesn't notice the physical discomforts because it's so absorbed in the pleasantness which is also not just pleasant feeling but giving rise to skillful mind states the mind gets to feel strong and the mind gets to feel positive and bright and we go for that and when you notice it, and when you think about it and of course people who are watching a a movie or watching something powerfully stimulating don't notice some pleasant feeling anymore. So it's, yeah, it can be still there if you don't notice your legs going to sleep or, you you know, it's it's, it's forgotten. So it's definitely possible for the mind to just pick up an alternative object. But in this way, we're not picking up an object that's, that's about distracting ourselves from the body but an object that comes from refining our attention within it, the niramisa, the pleasure not associated with uh, the flesh or the sensory or sense contact. Mm -hmm. And using it to brighten the mind. This is how it remains mindful of feeling, knowing it is feeling, staying steady with feeling, being fully aware of feeling.